Hey everybody, it's LPJ. I hope you've been enjoying our show and the other podcasts on GameZilla Media. We invite you to check us out at patreon.com slash GameZilla Media. You can support us at either the $1 or $5 tier. If you become a patron at the $5 tier, you get a ton of additional content, including the post credit scene, which is our monthly Patreon show. Thanks for your support, and hasta la vista, baby. It's the year 2000. Despite widespread panic, Y2K turns out to be nothing. The presidential election between George W. Bush and Al Gore teaches us all the definition of a hanging chad, and a hundred-year-old Canadian named Logan is drawn into the world of the X-Men. It's time for the last action podcast! Pop quiz, hot shot! Hey, motherfucker. I feel the need for need for speed. Please, we can kill it. I have come here to chew bubblegum and kick ass. And I'm all out of bubblegum. Come with me if you want to live. Welcome, everybody, to this week's episode of the Last Action Podcast. I am a slightly under-the-weather LPJ, and sitting with me is a very handsomely bearded Hovercraft Joe. <laughs> oh, thank you very much, LPJ. I am enjoying my beard. Uh, good to be here. Good to, good to just chill out and just me and you here today. Yeah, man. It's a, it's a it's two-man show today, which yeah. is rare for us. <laughs> no, no Sphinx, no guests, just you and I. Yep. Which it seems to happen sometimes when we talk about these non-Marvel Cinematic Universe comic book movies. Uh, indeed. Uh, it's kind of our thing. Um, so we're here to talk about X-Men, the, the original 2000 X-Men. Yeah, I would say, I mean, some people would say this is kind of what kicked off, you know, Marvel or, or superhero movie, superhero movie resurgence. Obviously, you and I think it's Blade. Yeah, I, I mean, but I, yeah, I mean, I, I would say that this movie probably exists because of blade but yeah. but i think that this is is probably what this most movie, people think of right this movie popularizes it a little more than blade blade kind of i i would say like blade kick gets the door the foot in the door and this right. kicks it open i agree and i don't i don't remember do you remember in relation to this the the original Raimi spider-man what year that is it's around this yeah in the 2001 yeah maybe 2001 or 2000 yeah, i think it was 2001 okay so, I mean, but yeah, this is definitely what kind of busts superhero movies open. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Gets them on the main 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 scene. Kind of leads to that first, or I guess second kind of era superhero movies, you know? And I was really surprised when they announced this was going to be made. Yeah. Like, I, I, you know, I figured they would do something like, you know, the Fantastic Four or... Obviously, I thought Spider-Man would be a big one. They would do obviously they would do that, but I, I never expected an X-Men movie right out of the gate. Well, you know, but I, honestly, <laughs> I don't know if it's that surprising because I mean, in the the nineties, you know, leading up to this, like X-Men were pretty much the, the dominating comic that Marvel had. Like like X Men, the one that was like X Men number one, the one that uh, yeah, like drawn by uh, Jim, Jim Lee. Lee. Yeah, I think that's still the high the the co- comic that sold the most copies ever. Probably. I think that's still the top selling comic of all time. I mean the the animated show was big, and, sure. and I think it was just you know besides Spider Man at the time, the X Men were their most well known characters. Yeah, no, you're you're probably right about that. I I would agree with that. So, um, so release date on this, uh, July 14th, 2000, 
Um, and, 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 you know, we talk about our first experience of the movie. I guess maybe first experience of the movie, but also just kind of your understanding or, uh, you know, we don't have to get too far into it, but relationship just with the characters, X-Men. Um, I would say I wasn't as familiar with the X-Men when I was younger mm-hmm. um, in relation to, like, you know, Batman or Spider-Man. Right. It was the X-Men animated TV show, right. the, the cartoon that really got me into it. Yeah. And, you know, to its credit, that series is very close to what the comics were. Oh, yeah. It's kind of crazy. Like, now, like, I didn't realize it back then, but, like, now going back and, and seeing some of the stuff and, and being more familiar with the, the comics, it's like, wow, they really did a good job covering a lot of the arcs and stuff. They really did. I would say far better than the movies ever have. That that I mean that's fair. <laughs> I mean you look at something like like Dark Feet like the Phoenix Saga, yeah. something they've attempted twice yeah. and failed at. The 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 animated TV series got it right. Like I would say, nailed it even. Right. Yeah, and it's true they've had a lot of trouble with the movies trying to get that stuff. Sure together but i i feel like i remember we saw this when it came out oh I absolutely think opening night i remember buying tickets ahead of time and yep. getting there early to get seats and i i remember seeing it on opening night at the good old amc 20 yeah oh yeah we saw amc 20 um packed house we saw it opening night it was a huge deal yeah it really was uh and, and you know that's kind of my movies and as far as the characters i mean the x-men have always been you know, when I was reading comics, you know, I still, not that I don't read comics anymore. <laughs> right, right. But, you know, when I got into comics, it was always like Spider Man 1, X Men 2. Like, sure. I, I read X Men pretty consistently. You know, there's a there's a decent gap, but I mean, I'm still reading them now. And back then, those were the things that I, I was I, buying. I remember you always having like, X Men comics. Like, especially like back then, they had Uncanny X Men and then X Men. They were the blue and the gold team. And right. I, the X Men, the blue team, which is kind of the same team that makes up the team from the animated series. Yes. Like, I was really into that comics and buying them. And so, I mean, it was a big deal for me when this movie came out. And, you know, and it's still, it's obviously a franchise that has gone on for a long time. Uh huh. And I'm sure before this is over, we'll touch a little bit on the future of the franchise. But this is a very interesting start. And like I said, it's always important to remember that this is a time when superhero movies are not what they were now. So this is kind of a big deal. But also you can kind of tell throughout the movie that they didn't kind of want to push all their chips in, you know? Yeah, they definitely held some things back. Like it's a superhero movie and they go into it, but they're not all the way into it, if that makes sense. No, I agree. They're not all the way into it. They're into it as far as they're comfortable going. Um, and there's definitely some things that they held on. There's characters that they held on to that for sure. Yeah. That they could have put in. Yeah. Um, but you're right. They, they really, um, well, what's interesting is like a movie like this, uh, this movie is essentially based on, it's based around Wolverine. Yeah. Which is weird because they hadn't, like they had a hard time casting Wolverine. Yeah. Like I'll give you this now. (laughs) When did they finally cast him? Uh, like how far? How, how? Like what? What time frame did they finally cast Hugh Jackman as Wolverine? And I remember this, and I don't want to look at my notes because I wrote it down. But I think it was like two weeks into production, or it was, something. It was three weeks into shooting is when they finally settled on Hugh Jackman because they. I mean, this probably will get into a little bit of a role reversal. Yeah, but, I have a bunch of those. But they had. I mean, they had cast someone else as Wolverine, right? They had, yeah. They had cast someone else, and then due to conflict, had to back out last minute. Okay, and then they then they brought him in. And then they brought him in, right? And and you know, it's it's definitely Wolverine was I, was Wolverine as central of a figure in the X Men in the '90s as he is now. 
I think so. You think he was? Yeah, I think you well, you would know better than in I. In the nineties, I mean, he was all over the the one book. He had his so, he had his solo book. I mean, Wolverine is one of those characters. Like he wasn't in the initial incarnation of the X Men. He was introduced in um, the giant size X Men number right. one, and it was like kind of a character that Claremont took over and throughout his run. But he became more and more and more and more popular. And I think the '90s is probably. I mean, he's still super popular now, but I think at that time it was like peak Wolverine popularity. That's true. So yeah, so you're you're right. You're right about that. But it, it is very strange that they waited to cast until you know so late into the game. Yeah. Well, and I think it's it's such a crucial character for the movie that they probably wanted to get it right. Yeah. No, I agree. I, I figured they would have just not shot anything until they figured that out. <laughs> well, but it's uh it's crazy. I mean, to think about now. I mean, now it's like it's so synonymous with Hugh Jackman. Sure. I can't even imagine anybody else playing it. That's what's so wild to think that they're going to have to recast it. They absolutely are. So um, so just kind of running through some more of the number stuff or starting the number stuff. So the budget on this is $75 million. Uh, you know, a high budget, but not like out of control, I would say. No, not huge. Uh, domestic gross, $157 million. Worldwide, $296 million. And what's weird is now that doesn't seem like a lot. No, two hundred ninety-six million does not seem a lot when superhero movies are making like a billion dollars globally. Yeah, but back then, back then, especially for a movie like this, yeah, and a return on seventy-five million of two hundred ninety-six. Yeah, that's really good. That's really good. Um, Rotten Tomatoes on this eighty-one percent. Okay. Uh, audience score eighty-three percent. Yeah, no, that sounds about right. So uh, yeah, I, I think that that's pretty much aligned with that i would say uh and then top grossing movies of 2000 how the grinch stole christmas castaway mission impossible 2 and x-men was the eighth highest grossing movie of 2000 all right so and we have not done any other movies well technically we did legend of drunken master but that was all weird about coming out in a couple different years right so who knows how it did Um, but I, I guess we can kind of go through some of the cast. On, oh, you know what? Actually, we'll sorry. talk about the. Yeah, sorry, I forgot about I forgot about the director and all that good stuff. Yeah, so we got Brian Singer coming off of um, Usual Suspects, right? Which obviously now Brian Singer has has a bit of an issue. Yeah, uh, he is somewhat problematic. Yes. Um, but back then, I mean, back he was, then he was in demand. He was in. Well, yeah, he was definitely in demand. Um. I don't know how much of Brian Singer do we want to get into. Not too much. The only thing I will bring up is that they they I, I saw that they said that they he basically turned down directing this movie. I think they said like three times right before he finally agreed to do it. Yeah, he actually watched some of the cartoon. Oh, <laughs> and that's what changed his mind. Um, it's written by David Hayter. Yeah. Do you know who he is? No. <laughs> David Hayter is the voice of Solid Snake in Metal Gear Solid. <laughs> Weird. Uh huh. Yeah, he does. He actually does a lot of voiceover work. Huh. And um, you know, he he, he writes as well. But uh, but yeah, he does a lot of a lot of voice work. Huh. Interesting. Um, uh, composer on this, Michael Kamen. Yeah, Michael Kamen. Yep. Uh, who do, who's done a lot? Like I didn't. I guess I didn't recognize his name, but he's done a lot of stuff. A lot of stuff we we yeah, covered a ton, on of, the podcast. A ton of stuff we've covered. Last Action Hero, yep. Roadhouse, yep. Die Hard. Lethal yeah. Weapon. He's like the kind of, he was the go-to action movie um, uh, composer. Right. And I mean, a good job. The score on this is great. Mm-hmm. Um, so, okay. So that's, uh, yeah, we don't we don't really want to dig too much deeper into Brian Singer. I think he does a fine job with the movie. Yep, and we'll leave it at that. Yeah. Um, cast. A lot of people to cover in the cast on this. This is a big cast. And, and this is, 
you know, it's a big cast, but at the time, how big was the cast? I mean, really, Patrick Stewart. Right. I think a lot of the people that were in it in 2000 are maybe a lot more well-known now. I agree. And that's what I'm thinking is, like, at the time, it's a big cast now, but then I would say some of them are, are pretty much unknowns. Right. I will. I would agree with that. So, uh, okay. So we got Patrick Stewart. Yeah. Uh, playing Charles Xavier, Professor well, a X. A role he was, like, born to play. Yeah, it's amazing. It's hard to, I mean, not that McAvoy doesn't do a good job, but. No, but but it's Patrick Stewart. Yeah, it's Patrick Stewart. Uh, and as we talked about, Hugh Jackman as Wolverine. Yeah. Um, Ian McKellen, Sir Ian McKellen as Magneto. Which I didn't, like, now it totally makes sense. But then I was like, Ian McKellen is Magneto. And it, it's wild to think that, like, he's done so much iconic stuff. That Did you see that they said that basically uh, Singer uh, agreed to, like, uh, rearrange his shooting schedule so he could go off and do the Lord of the Rings movies? Yeah. <laughs> Which is crazy to think that he was like, oh, yeah, Magneto, and then he went off to New Zealand for however long and played uh, Gandalf. Or, like, yep. Which is, like, just nuts to think of uh, the kind of the crossover on that. Yeah, and I, I brought this up with, I was talking to, to my wife about this. We were talking about um, whose funeral would be really fun to attend, yeah. and I can, I conceded that that Patrick Stewart's funeral, like just the amount of people that he knows. Yeah, and she's like, "No, nah, man, Ian McKellen's would be great too." Yeah, all the Lord of the Rings people, all the X Men. Sure. Yeah, yeah, it's a good point. Yeah, which is a <laughs> it's a weird question to ask. But. No, but I yeah, you get it. Yeah. Um, so Famke Jansen. Yep, Famke Jansen as Jean Grey. Yep, who is uh. You know, Xenia on a top of Xenia on a top on uh, from Goldeneye. Yeah, which we got to we got to do Goldeneye. That's gonna be our next Bond movie. I'm saying it right now. Yeah, uh, Craig's already uh, he's his ears are burning right now. (laughs) Bond movie? (laughs) He's just gonna walk in the door, be like, now. Yep. (laughs) Um, uh, James Marsden. Yeah, who was not big then? No, not big then. No. Um, Holly Berry, who is known, but I don't think really that big. No. When did? when did Swordfish come? That was after this. Yeah, after this, but I think pretty close. Hugh Jackman as Hugh well. Also in that, yeah. So, uh, but she plays Storm in this. Yep. Uh, Anna Paquin, who's bigger now, but wasn't in this. Well, movie. then she was actually probably a bigger deal. Oh, really? Because she had she would she had come off of an Oscar nomination. Oh, right, 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 right. right. I forgot about that. Yeah. Uh, so she plays Rogue, mm-hmm. uh, and then the the other last person I have on my list is uh, Rebecca Romaine as Mystique. Yep, and then Ray Park. Ray Park, who was Darth Maul. Darth Maul, yeah. I remember that being a big deal. Like, oh, he's he's in a, a different movie. Yeah. Well, Phantom Menace was what ninety nine. Yeah. And this is two thousand. Just right so, after. So, and then uh, what's his name who plays Sabretooth? Um, Taylor Maine. Taylor Maine, yeah. I don't even remember him in anything else. No, he was like a wrestler or something, maybe. I think so. Yeah, I don't know, but um, yeah, so big cast, a lot of people in it. Um, let's let's buzz through some net worths on these people that we just oh. discussed. We got a lot, but luckily you're the only one guessing. So we'll go through rapid fire here. Uh, Anna Paquin, ten million, fourteen million, oh. close. Halle Berry, thirty-five, eighty million. Wow. James Marsden, uh, fifteen, eight million. Okay. Famke Jansen, five million, twenty million. Wow. <laughs> you're lowballing these people. I am. Sir Ian McKellen. Ooh, he's got some of that uh, Lord of the Rings money. I'm gonna go eighty. Uh, fifty-five million. Okay. Uh, Patrick Stewart. Hundred million. Seventy million. <sighs> and then finally, Hugh Jackman. 
80 million. Ooh, lowballing him. 150 million for you, nice. Jackman. Nice. Uh, you know what? He's got that real steel money, son. He does have that real steel money. <laughs> oh, real steel. That movie's pretty good. Is it? Yeah. Um, let's let's go through these taglines for this because there's a lot of them, and some of them are pretty bad. I have a I have a sound for it. Okay. It's I just really like that button. Oh, okay. All right, that's fair. Okay. So taglines. Evolution begins. All right. Join the evolution. Mm. Change is coming. The evolution begins July 14th. What evolution? <laughs> Protecting those who fear them. All right. Trust a few, fear the rest. <laughs> I don't know about that one. I still have like three more. We're not what you think. <laughs> okay. The future is here. I remember that one. And then this one. It's kind of long. The time is coming. When all that we are afraid of will be all that can save us. <laughs> okay, yeah, that's a tagline and a half. A lot of taglines for this what movie. Is it really a lot. Some of them are better than others. <laughs> there was a lot of advertising for this, wasn't there? Um, I don't remember now. Yeah, I remember it kind of being a big deal, being advertised and stuff like that. I mean, because I, like I said, the comic book movies weren't as known a property back then, so I think it's they really had to get the word out about it. Not that they're less advertised now, if not, they're more so. Well, sure. But, you know, that's just the culture of movies these days. But I think back then they really had to get people, like, you know. Yeah, interested in it. Right. Yeah, no, you're right. So, um, and just a, just a fun fact uh, before we kind of get into it, and I'm not going to say it's a pop quiz, but do you know... Uh, what year the uh, X-Men number one was released, the original comic? The original X-Men number one? Yeah, X-Men number one. The first issue ever. Uh, 65? Ooh, 63. 63. What about who created the X-Men? Well, that's uh, Stanley. And? Jack Kirby. There you go. All right. Good job. See, you would have almost ace that pop quiz. Yeah. <laughs> um, all right. So let's kind of, let's go through this plot. Um at the beginning of the movie, Professor X voiceover kind of telling us about mutants a little bit. Yeah, just to kind of get us into the world. Right. Then we're back in Poland, 1944, at a concentration camp. Yep. Uh, young Magneto, it's kind of, we're first introduced to him, and he first uses his powers. Mm -hmm. uh, they're taking his parents away, and he kind of flips out and starts bending all the metal bars. Uh, and they knock him out with a rifle to the head. Yeah. Uh, then we flash forward to modern times. You assume, uh, yeah. Yeah. In Mississippi, and we're introduced to Rogue. Yep. Uh, Rogue's power is that she, um, she absorbs, like, the life force from, from physical contact. Right. Uh, and in the case of mutants, she takes their powers. Temporarily. Temporarily. And if you're just a normal human, she kind of just kills you. Well, eventually, yeah. Eventually. Because she kisses her boyfriend, her boyfriend almost dies, uh, so mm -hmm. she wigs out. And it's interesting in the comics because, you know, obviously in the comics she has a much different power set. Well, no, it's still fairly similar. Well, no, no. Her power, her, her, her mutant, uh, power. mutant power is the same. Right. But her power set is different. Right. Well, because in the comics she permanently absorbed the powers of Captain Marvel. That's right. And they couldn't use that in the movie. Right. So she just and, and I feel like they take that. It's kind of it's interesting, and I don't. I, they take a lot of liberties. The, the character they use of Rogue in this, yeah. they use it a lot more like a in the comics, like a Jubilee or a Kitty Pride, kind yeah. of like that sidekick to Wolverine. Mm -hmm. So it's interesting the choice that they made to use Rogue. Well, I think they did that. I was reading about um, 
Brian Singer's choice to do that, and that was because of they needed her power to, just to move the plot along. Yeah, which I guess makes sense, you know, thinking about it that way, is that yeah. they, her power is kind of factors heavily into the plot. Oh, so. yeah. So that makes enough sense. Um, then we flash over to Washington, where Senator Kelly is holding a, a, a kind of is in front of Congress, kind of like hearings um, about how mutants are dangerous. He wants to have a mutant registration act. Uh, Jean Grey is there, kind of talking of trying to kind of say, "Hey, mutants aren't all bad." But um, Professor, not Professor Senator Kelly, is kind of like, "No, nah, mutants are terrible. They're like." They can do terrible things, and we have to register them. It's as bad as like they're like weapons. Yeah, yeah, and, and that's and that that kind of scene is echoed in the comics too, pretty regularly. Right, especially yeah. with Senator Kelly. Right. It's taken almost directly right from the comics. Right, and that's like the big thing in driving forces like X Men comics is like they are like a persecuted, you know, race of people, pretty much. You yeah, know? yeah, like that are ostracized and feared, and sure, you know, they're fighting for these people that fear them. Yep. Um, a Magneto's there, uh, him and Professor X kind of have a little exchange where, like, they're kind of opposite sides of the coin, you know? Like, they're both strong leaders in the mutant community. Right. Professor X has always preached, like, acceptance and, like, working with the humans, and Magneto's kind of like, well, we're their superiors, we should, they're going to destroy us, we got to act first. Right, right, yep. Um, then we go back to Rogue, she's on the run in Canada, uh, at Laughlin City, which is kind of like a truck stop, you would say. Essentially, yeah, it's like a, it's like a truck stop meets Roadhouse, right? Which they have a big fighting cage, in <laughs> where we're introduced to Wolverine, and he's basically just winning bar fights because no one can beat him up, right? Because you know, you know, Metal Skeleton and Healing Factor, it's pretty difficult, right? Which is funny because I Hugh Jackman looks jacked in this movie, yeah, but it's funny because he's gonna get increasingly more jacked as the as he plays. Wolverine. Oh my god, yes! Like he's in good shape in this one, and then like a couple movies down the road, it's like insane. Yeah, he's like he's like Stallone level jacked. Yeah, it's like oh, he went from being a dude in shape to like a guy like chiseled out of like concrete. Oh yeah. <laughs> um. So. <laughs> It's pretty great to me how they recreated his hair, too. Like, Wolverine uh-huh. has a, a stupid haircut in the comics. It's a very flock of seagulls. Yeah, it's like. a very dumb haircut, but they do a pretty good job of recreating it. It, it, it still looks dumb, but... In these movies. And yeah. I think particularly this one is even where it's the most, like, accurate to the comics. I think as the movies went on... They, they toned it down. They toned it down, but this one, like, especially the first scene when they introduce oh him, it's like, it's right there. Um, he wins all the fights. Uh, there's a, they, they get mad at him because he won the fights. That's when you first see his claws. And yeah. the classic thing where he puts him out to the guy and the two are out, and then the one in the middle is kind of coming out slowly yep. to him. Um, he cuts a shotgun in half, which is pretty sweet. So, did they not realize he was a mutant? Uh, I don't think they knew i don't know maybe they didn't but then because the guy that he beats is like i know what you are or whatever and then yeah. i guess they didn't know maybe they just thought he was strong but i don't know <laughs> it seems it seems pretty obvious if he's running through guys like the the way he is yeah they'd figure it out he would but i don't, I know. don't know um so rogue he goes to leave and rogue hides in the back of his truck which is like this really like ratty pickup truck with like a um it's got a it's got a sleeper cap on the back of it and um and he's got this open trailer yeah and she's hiding in the trailer under a tarp yeah. in freezing cold Canada. Like <laughs> right. it is in that part of Canada, it's probably, you know, minus 20. Yeah. So she, he discovers her in there. First she kicks him out, but then she's he like 
has second thoughts and goes and picks her up and is like, okay, I'll give you a ride. Right. That's when you get that great exchange when she's asking him about the claws and she's like, oh, when they come out, does it hurt? And he's like, every time. Yep. Which is like, yeah, I mean, like in the comics, like every time it's like piercing his skin, but because he, he has the healing factor, which is Wolverine's power. His mutant power is his healing factor. And, and his enhanced um, senses. Senses, right. But then he was... Through government experimentation, he was uh, his skeleton was bonded with the adamantium. Thank you, and he was given the the skeleton, which is covered in it, and the claws. Yep, and well, and that's kind of that's kind of the 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 weird thing is, in the comics they retconned it and said that he had the bone claws always. Right. Um, Here they don't really address it. Right, and I and it's he's one of those characters that I think they took him a while to figure out because at first, like I think they didn't intend the intended the claws to be just like part of his costume. Right, and then they were like, no, he has metal bones, and then they're like, well, no, he doesn't have metal bones. The metal's bonded to his bones. Yep. He's kind of one that evolved as yeah, it he took went a little on. while. Yeah, yeah, Claremont did a lot of work on him to kind of get him to the Wolverine that everyone knows now. Right. But anyway, so they're driving through Canada, and then Sabretooth shows up. He like drops a log on the car like a whole tree yeah wolverine flies out it's pretty it's when we first get to kind of see his powers in action because yep. he's all beat up and he starts healing you know and that holds up really well like the, yeah. the the effects hold up really well in this yeah that does that that part does look really good uh he beats wolverine up like rogue stuck in the truck which is on fire now uh but then cyclops and storm show up and they uh they save the day yep they they get saber tooth out of there and blah 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 um, what did you think of what did you think of Sabretooth the way they portrayed him in this? I think uh, I am torn kind of on it because I think he looks probably more like he should. Yeah. But I don't know how I feel about like he doesn't talk or really say anything and like that Sabretooth is like a talker. Yeah. So I don't know. I, it's not quite, you know, I don't know. I don't know if they've ever nailed the character. I agree. And I will say this, the Lee of Schreiber I think personality-wise is spot on. Yeah, but he doesn't. But he doesn't look like anything right. like him. Like so, if they combined the two, I think it would have been great. Yeah, I, I'll agree with you on that. Um, I, I think we get a brief introduction to uh, like Magneto's headquarters and yep. Toad as Ray Park because he comes back. He's supposed to bring the person, and he doesn't. Um, but he has Wolverine's dog tags. Um, Wolverine wakes up in the X mansion. I thought it was hilarious that he randomly finds that like X branded hoodie that he puts on. Yeah. Cause he's just like wandering around in the bottom floors of the X mansion. And he's like, Oh, they have like branded. Here's a hidden closet. Yeah. Um, uh, he's hearing professor X in his head, kind of like talking to him, like steering him where to go, but he doesn't really understand it at first. Um, and it's weird because then we're showing Kitty Pride, who's not Ellen Page in this movie. Right. She walks through a wall. <laughs> and I, I love this part where, like, he's introducing him all the X-Men. He's like, oh, Scott Summers, Cyclops, and all this stuff. And then he's like, he's like, what do they call you, Wheels? Uh-huh. And I heard that that was, um, that was like, an improv or yeah. an ad-lib by Hugh Jackman. That it, that it was written as, like, what do they call you, like, Baldy or whatever. But he threw out Wheels. And yeah. I, I think that's pretty great. Um, he gives them a tour of the facilities, uh, and even though, I don't know how long Wolverine is supposed to have been out, but, like, Rogue is just going to school there now. You don't really say how long it's been since he was kind of knocked unconscious. Yeah, I don't know, because, you know, his, his healing factor, you'd think, would accelerate his recovery. And it didn't, I mean, he got hurt, but it didn't seem like it was catastrophic, so... Um, no, the, it's not like he was torn in half by the Hulk. Right. This scene is good, but there's so much exposition in the scene oh when God. they're walking around the mansion and he's explaining the school and he's explaining mutants and he's explaining the X-Men and 
it, it's it's a bit much. It, it's a little heavy handed. I mean, I know they got to get the information out there, but yeah, it's it's definitely a a, a world dump on you. So Wolverine wants to leave, but uh, Professor X convinces them to stay for 48 hours because they think Magneto's after him. Right. And they want to find out why Magneto wants him. He's like, hey, I know your memories are all messed up. You, you stick around. We'll figure that out, and I'll try and help you with your memories. Um, I also have a note here. Oh, well, Magneto kidnaps Senator Kelly. That's the next plot point. Yep. Uh, then I have a note that says Wolverine is immediately horny for Jean Grey. Oh my God! Yeah, <laughs> and it's like I don't they don't, I don't feel like they do a great job developing that because he's just like immediately like in love with her. Yeah, I think it really took them a little while to kind of find like how they wanted Wolverine to be portrayed. Yeah, but yeah, he just instantly goes full boner on her. Yeah, it's kind of it's kind of like a I don't know I don't it doesn't feel one hundred percent earned. No, but. Um, so like we said, he kidnaps Senator Kelly, uh, he takes him to his hideout, which I don't know where his hideout is. It's like in the water, in a mountain, I don't quite know. I don't know, in like a cave-ish? <laughs> I have no idea where this place could possibly be. So Toad eats a bird with his big tongue. <laughs> Again, weird. Yeah, so Magneto has this machine, we don't really know exactly, but he powers the machine up and it's kind of this wave of energy, and what, what we learn is that it turns... It activates the mutant gene. People. Right, it's like a radiation wave, and it activates right. a mutant. So it turns Senator Kelly into a mutant. Yeah. Um, Gene tries to read Wolverine's mind, but it's all jacked up. Um, he has a nightmare while he's sleeping in the X mansion, and like, like, and amazingly, Rogue can hear him having this nightmare <laughs> from like three rooms down with the doors closed, half asleep. Right. So she goes in. To see what's going on, and he wakes up and immediately like stabs her through the chest with his claws. Right, uh, but she like absorbs his power to save herself. Right, uh, so she heals all of her wounds, but he's kind of messed up from it. Um, then I don't know how to describe this. He kind of Senator Kelly, like his mutant power. He's kind of like I don't know. I said he becomes Mister Fantastic and squeezes through cell bars. Um, I think it's like. He's super malle- malleable, okay. almost like Plastic Man. Okay, he's yeah. kind of yeah. He kind of like is almost he's like a jellyfish looking. Like, sort of, like, yeah. So he squeezes through the cell bars. Is that funny bit where Sabretooth Sabretooth tries to pull him up, but he like slips through his hands and yeah. he falls into the water. Um, and Magneto locks him up in the cell. Uh-huh. That's where I have the note that says, "Where exactly is Magneto's base?" I it's, don't know. It's, it's like, is it in like a a floating <laughs> island mountain? I mean, it's comic books. I'll give him a break. And it's got to still be somewhere near New York? Yeah. I don't know. So Senator Kelly, he he's alive. He's still alive. He shows up on a beach, like, walking around naked, and it's super weird. It's real. He's, like, real fish man kind of yeah. thing going on. So then Mystique infiltrates the X-Mansion. First because thing, her power is she can disguise herself. Right. She can disguise herself as other people. Anything. Yeah. Anything, yeah. So first thing she does, she disguises herself as Iceman, Bobby Drake, and basically gives rogue shit about taking Wolverine's powers. Like, hey, you never use another mutant's power. Use your powers against another mutant. Now, what's crazy is how would she possibly know what the relationship dynamic is between Bobby and Rogue? <laughs> it's true. It's not. It's like, yeah, it's like she just randomly happened to pick the perfect person yeah, or whatever. It's so weird. So he kind of gives her a bunch of grief about it and convinces her that she should leave the school. Right. The second thing she does is she goes down to um, uh, Cerebro 
and she kind of like she messes it. She puts some kind of like unknown like liquid like into chemical it. in it that because the the thing runs on. Well, no, okay, I'm sorry. You know what? Scratch that. She doesn't do that right away because first. They realize that Rogue is gone, and Professor X right. uses Cerebro, which is this big machine that amplifies the Professor's power and allows him to identify mutants. Yeah, to pinpoint where they're at. Right. So he uses Cerebro to figure out where Rogue is. She's at a train station. Uh, Wolverine <laughs> steals Cyclops' motorcycle to go to the train station. That scene where he kicks it in the super fast mode is really lame. I don't like that. Yeah, it's real weird. Like, going, there's no reason for that. When he's going super fast. So then Mystique infects Cerebro with some kind of weird chemical. Yeah, because Cerebro is a combination of like electronics and some kind of weird hydraulic fluid. and I don't know. Yeah, so she injects that and then leaves. Um, Wolverine finds Rogue on the train station, convinces her to come back to the mansion. Um, I have a note that says, why did Cyclops wear his combat visor to the train station? Ma. I don't know. So Sabretooth and Toad show up at the train station. There's a fight scene between uh, Storm and Cyclops and Toad and Sabretooth at the train station. Uh, it's pretty cool when Magneto enters the train because he just basically rips, yeah, rips it in apart. half with his powers, and he just he he and we find out that I mean Wolverine's useless against Magneto. Well, yeah. Because he's like, he pops his claws, and I think he says something like, oh, does that wonderful metal like run throughout your whole body or something? He says something to the effect of yeah. that. Um, and so he, like, I think throws, like, Wolverine against the train, knocks him out or whatever, uh, and takes Rogue. Because that's when he find out, it's like, oh, he's actually been after Rogue the whole time. Right. Like, he, because I think Wolverine says something like, ah, I don't know why you want me. And he's like, oh, why do you think I want you? Um, and then this is a kind of a cool part where they go to leave. Um, and like all the cops are surrounding the train station. Yeah. And he like, he grabs all their guns magnetically and like turns them all so they're facing the cops. Yep. So he's controlling all of them. But then Professor X, who's there kind of in the background, takes over Sabretooth's mind and like grabs uh, Magneto by the yeah, neck. Yeah, he, he, he mind controls Sabretooth into grabbing Magneto by the throat. Yeah, because he can't, because Magneto's got that helmet on so the professor can't get into his mind. Right. Yeah, because the professor has no idea what's stopping him from, from talking to. Magneto directly through his mind. It turns out it's that it's that helmet he's wearing. Right. So then he fires that bullet from the gun and he stops it in midair. And I have a note here. It's like, why didn't that guy move his head yeah. or like something? That's what I was thinking too. Because he fires the bullet and stops it like right before the guy. Yeah. But it's like he could have like moved out of the way. Sure. Or but, just like ducked. But he just stands there and it's kind of like, oh, he's like freaking out because the bullet's like right by his head. It's like, dude, move. Yeah. <laughs> So the professor lets Magneto go, uh, and they escape, and then all the guns drop. But, but that that's a really cool sequence when, oh, he, it's when he's controlling all the guns and he's like flipping. And all of that over. holds up too. Yeah, it does hold up. Um, Magneto uh, or Wolverine immediately wants to go after Magneto. He doesn't know where where he is, but he wants to go. But that's when Senator Kelly shows up, um, and, and he reads Professor X reads Kennedy. Uh, Sorry, Senator Kelly's mind, and that's when he kind of understands Magneto's plan. Right. That he wants to use Rogue to power this machine because there's this summit with all the world leaders. So he wants to use her powers, to use her to absorb his powers to power the machine to basically turn all these world leaders into mutants. Yeah, because the machine, so the machine is powered by Magneto's power. Right. But it'll kill him if he uses it full blast. Right. So he needs to absorb, he needs to make Rogue do it. So that he can still stay alive. Right. Um, so then Senator Kelly dies. He kind of just turns into a puddle of water and like... Which is weird. He just kind of like flushes off the table. Yeah. 
But that's like, and that's what they realize that the machine is unstable. Like it doesn't, the mutations aren't permanent. Right. So not only do they not want him to turn to the mutants anyways, but it's basically going to kill all these people. Correct. So then Professor X goes to try and use Cerebro, but because of what Mystique does, it messes him up. Yep. Like it fries his brain or something. So they figure out they fix it and then Jean uses it before she said she wasn't powerful enough to use it. But then she does and she finds out where Rogue is. Right. So they're uh they're taking it to Ella's Island, which is like <laughs> how did they so presumably he built the fake torch. Right. But like and they got it out there on the boat. But, like, how did no one notice that he switched out the torch? I mean, I get it. He has mag- magnetic powers, but, like, yeah, I don't get nobody it. noticed him switching out the full yeah, torch. He, it's not like he can instantly transport, like, stuff. He's got to physically, yeah. like, use his powers to lift it in the air. Yeah, but it, it happens. It just, he changes it out. Yeah. <laughs> so he wants to use the machine against that world leader summit. Um, the X-Men arrive... Uh, and, th- and they fight with Toad and Mystique. Yeah. I have a few issues with the scene. Yeah. One, Mystique makes herself into Wolverine and they fight. But I would assume that Mystique shouldn't be able to copy his claws. Yeah, you'd think. Because presumably, one, she doesn't know he has claws. Right. She would just copy his look. Right. Not his like abilities or anything like that. Right. So she has claws for some reason. And then, I don't like, okay, but like... My note just says, remember when Toad took out three X-Men? Yeah. Three powerful X-Men with, like, his tongue? Because he, like, spits something on... He spits, like, a almost like a, like a, like a mucus. That, like, hardens on, like, Jean's face. Yeah, and, and suffocates her. And he, like, knocks off Cyclops' visor, I think. Right. And then he kicks Storm around a little bit and, like, kicks her down an elevator shaft. Yeah. But then it's almost like she's like, oh, yeah, I can use my powers. Because then she goes, like, Storm has the ability to manipulate the weather. Right. So she can, like, you know, make make rain, make lightning. All, she's very powerful. Mm-hmm. So she ends up using her powers, and you get that terrible line Ugh. when she asks him. Uh, because she's kind of, like, using the wind, and she, like, she blows, blows him out onto the balcony. And he holds on to the railing with his giant tongue. And then she says, do you know what happens to a toad when it's struck by lightning? And then she says the same thing that happens to everything else. And he hits him with a giant bolt of lightning. Yeah. And he, like, and he kinda, like gets zapped. Yeah, and he flies off into the water. So is he dead? Uh, unconfirmed. We never see him again. So maybe. Um, I, I will say the Wolverine Mystique fight is pretty cool. Yeah, the fight itself is cool, yeah. Um, and then the, the, there's that great part where she shows up. It, it's her, at, but she's at Storm. And she's like, oh, we got to get back to the team or the others. Or something like that, and he's like, there's only one problem. He's like, you're not part of the team, and just straight up stabs yep. her with his claws, which is great. And then when he goes back, and he meets up with the rest of the team, and Psychops is like, how do we know it's you? And he's just like, you're, you're a, a dick. dick. <laughs> he's like, okay. Um, so I remember ma- laughing really hard yeah, at that it's, theater. Yeah, that's still a funny joke. Yeah. Um, uh, so Magneto captures them all in the head of, in the, head of the Statue of Liberty, uh, pins them up to the wall, takes Rogue up to fire up the machine, uh, things look pretty bad because he has him like he has Wolverine trapped. So his <laughs> I'm acting it out as if it matters, but basically, so his claws are pointed into him. So if he pops his claws, he's gonna stab himself. But in order to get out of it, that's what he does. He stabs himself through his like chest and breaks the. Um, yeah, which it's weird. I don't really understand how they're attached. Well, yeah, I mean, it, I don't know if it works exactly like. 
science-wise or physics-wise. No, it definitely doesn't work physics-wise. I can tell you that for sure. But it's pretty sweet when it happens. Oh, it's totally sweet. Because he kind of goes berserker and uh, stabs himself to get free. And then there's kind of a... Uh, him and Wolverine, him and Sabretooth fight on the top of the Statue of Liberty. ridiculous. That part doesn't hold up that well. No. It's kind of silly. Um, when he, Especially that part where he like, almost falls and he pulls he out like, his claws and he like... Swings around. When yeah. you just chop it through. Yeah, it's it's that part's that part doesn't hold up that well. But then the X Men all work together to save uh Rogue. They yeah. like basically work their powers together in unison and do as a team to to save. And I like that part, uh I don't know if it's before that or whatever, where Magneto's kinda like pontificating about all this stuff and blah blah blah. And then when Wolverine basically tells him he's full of shit because if yeah. he if he really believed in the cause, he'd be using machine and not making Rogue do it and all yep. stuff. And I and I like that part a lot. I enjoyed that too. Um so they defeat Magneto, uh, he's captured. Uh, Professor X, he gives Wolverine a little bit of information by reading his mind. He's like, it's kind of all of a mess, but you might want to check out this abandoned military compound at Alkali Lake, which is in the Canadian Rockies. Yep, which ends up being a big a big uh, set piece for the second movie. The second one, right, yeah. So Wolverine's going to go check that out. He's going to leave the mansion for a bit. Uh, we're kind of left with a few. That's one of the, the plot points we're left with. Uh, that and Mystique is now posing as Senator Kelly. They right. see they see her on TV, and she's still kind of like injured from the stab thing. And her eyes, the, his eyes turn like yellow, like hers, very briefly. And they catch it on TV. And then the last little bit of it, which I kind of enjoy, is um, they, he goes to see Magneto. They're playing chess. And they have them in this big kind of like plastic cell. Yeah. Everything in it's like plastic and glass, so there's no metal around them. And it's kind of suspended in this empty room. And it's really cool. And I love that last that last line where, and this is also something that happens in the second one, where he talks about his like, you know, like Magneto's kind of goading him a little bit. It's like, well, what are you what are you going to do when they find out about your school and they come for your students? Yeah. And Professor Eric says that great line where he says, I feel a great swell of pity for the poor soul who comes to that school looking for trouble. Yeah. Which is great because that's what happens in the second one. That's exactly what happens. So, but that's like kind of the end, and he leaves him in the prison. But it, I think it does a really good job of setting up a lot of that stuff. That yeah, it really does, especially for a movie that they had no guarantees they were going to get a sequel for. Yeah, they had no idea because it, it sets up the sequel, but it's you can watch it independent. Like it yeah. doesn't. It doesn't. It doesn't blatantly set up a sequel. Right. It's like it, it lays the groundwork for something that could potentially be a sequel. Because I don't know. Did yeah, David Hayter wrote the second one. Okay, I wasn't sure on that. Yeah, I think he did. Let me double check that. I can tell you right now. Uh, uh, yeah, he did. He wrote the second one. Um, so yeah, and that's the end of the movie. Yep. Um, some interesting things, like one of the things that I found interesting, and I guess I didn't realize until I was looking into the stuff, is that that before this movie, that Rogue, she never had a non-mutant name in the comics. Like she was introduced in I think like eighty one or eighty three, but she was always just rogue. Like until oh, this yeah, mo- you're right. Until this movie, they never gave her another it's, it's an actual proper name, right? And I think now they since adapted it in the comics. Yeah, but up until then, they hadn't. So, and I think this is one of those movies where they, uh, and you might cover some of this, but they originally had you know there were a lot of characters I think that they originally were going to maybe try and put into it. Yeah, but I think they pulled some of it back because. You know, they they weren't sure. Oh, yeah. And they wanted to save some of them for sequels. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, there was definitely uh, quite a few. I mean, um, Beast was actually originally going to be in the movie, um, <coughs> and they pulled him back. And who was the other big one they were going to use? I read that there was supposed to be a Gambit cameo. Yes. That was the other big one. But they decided not to. 
Um, did you see the the interesting thing? And I don't know if this is interesting, but the 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 guy that played the the trucker that gives Rogue the ride. Oh yeah, it was the guy who did the voice of the Beast in the animated series. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I thought that was kind of cool. That is kind of funny. I never knew that. Also, cerebro is the Spanish word for brain. Interesting. <laughs> Do you have any uh, role reversals? I have lots of role reversals. All right, let's get to some of them. Um, we will start with. Uh, we'll start with Storm. Okay. All right, so Angela Bassett. Okay, yeah, sure. Janet Jackson. <laughs> Weird. Weird. Uh, Jada Pinkett Smith. Okay, sure. Yep. Uh, she actually ended up. They didn't offer her the role, but she. Uh, it was like this or the Matrix. Okay, I was going to say this had to be around the time of the Matrix movie. Yep. So, uh, Cyclops. They had uh, Ben Affleck. Okay. <laughs> Matt Damon. Oh boy. And Ethan Hawke. Maybe I don't know. Ethan Hawke to me it seems the weirdest of those ones. Yeah, no, I agree with that. Um, all right, so for Rogue now, mind, mind you, this is like the you know, two thousands. Yeah, Kirsten Dunst. Okay, Sarah Michelle Gellar <laughs> would have been that would have been interesting. Yeah, although I think she'd been too old for the part. Yeah, maybe. Uh, Christina Ricci. Okay. <laughs> Natalie Portman. <laughs> Natalie Portman actually turned the role down. It's funny because there's like a certain period of time where I feel like we go through yeah, all these. Yeah, it was roles. just those four. And, yeah, and like Natalie Portman shows up in all these. Like I can't remember. There's something. There's a couple movies we've done recently where it's like Natalie Portman was up for the role. Yeah, it's like oh, she would never. Take she the was. Role. Oh, you know what is a crazy one? Remember, like she was one of the people that they were. They almost got to play Mia in Fast and Furious. Oh yeah, that was wild. It was bizarre. <laughs> Uh, all right, Magneto, Terrence Stamp. I think that would have been good. Yeah, definitely. Uh, I don't know who David Hemblin is. Yeah, I'm not sure either. And Christopher Lee. Sure. Yeah, I think Count Dooku. Yep. Saruman. All right, Wolverine. (laughs) So here's where we get into all the Wolverine stuff. Okay. It was originally Russell Crowe. He turned the role down. Okay. So then Mel Gibson. Oh, weird. Uh huh. Aaron Eckhart. Okay. Jean Claude Van Damme. <laughs> no. That'd have been ridiculous. That'd have been terrible. Viggo Mortensen would have been probably pretty good. Yeah, sure. Uh, Edward Norton would have been awful. Bob Hoskins. That's weird. Uh huh. Keanu Reeves. Okay. And Gary Sinise. <laughs> oh, our good friend Gary Sinise. Yeah. Now, um,. Doug Ray Scott was actually cast. And yeah. He was Wolverine. Right. But then there was a problem with him filming um, Mission Impossible 3. Okay. No, 2. 2. Sorry, yeah. Mission Impossible 2. And he couldn't get out of it. Okay. So they had to, at the last minute, cast Hugh, Hugh Jackman. Jack. Okay. Gotcha. <laughs> That's everything I have. Wow, that's pretty pretty interesting. And there was more too. I just, that's all I wrote down. Uh, just a couple other things before we kind of get into our final thoughts on this. I found it interesting that the did you see that the X Mansion is that famous mansion that they use for everything? It's the, oh yeah, the Luther Mansion in, in Smallville, the Queen Mansion in Arrow. It was yep. the, the the Madison Mansion and Billy Madison. Yep, that's pretty great. Um, what are some other things I thought were in? There was there's so much interesting stuff about this movie. Um, I, what was I going to say? There was something else I wanted to bring up. Oh, did you read the fact that they said that Hugh Jackman, he took cold showers every morning of filming to get into character? Like, <laughs> supposedly got him in the right mindset to play Wolverine. That's so he'd, weird. So he'd take a cold shower. Um, and, and it's interesting that uh, Rebecca Romaine, her mystique makeup, it consisted of 110 custom designed pro- prosthesis. Prosthesis. Yeah, prosthesis. Thank you. Which covered Prosthetics. Six, it covered 60% of her body and took nine hours to apply. 
Good God. And they used three types of Wolverine claws, plastic, rubber, and steel, and they made more than 700 individual claw blades. They were all they were, were used by Hugh Jackman in his four stunt doubles. Crazy. He had four stunt doubles? I guess so. And this is the last thing I'll bring up because it's kind of funny. Well, not funny, but I guess they had a lot of trouble with like the contact lenses that different people use in this movie. Oh, yeah. And they said that the one that Tyler Maine used, he kept him in uh, too long, and he went temporarily blind for a day. Wow. <laughs> Like, whoa. Oh, and uh, Hugh Jackman's way too tall to be Wolverine. Oh, yeah. He's like 6'2". Yeah, he's 6'2", and in the comics they say Wolverine is 5'3". Yeah, that's way too tall. (laughs) Yeah, you know what? It works, though. Yeah, no. I mean, now you can't picture anyone else as a character. No, absolutely not. Um, I have have one more pop quiz. Okay. Pop quiz, hot shot. How many different drafts did the screenplay go through? Ugh. I don't, oh man, I don't remember if I see this or not, but I feel like a lot. I'm going to say like 17. 28. Wow, that's crazy. And the uncredited writers on this, Ed Solomon, Christopher McQuarrie, Joss Whedon, <laughs> um, John Logan. Oh, wow. Uh, and then, um, where was the big one? Well, actually, Christopher McQuarrie and David Hayter really were the big writers of this, uh, but... McQuarrie said that 90% of like the ideas were haters. Uh-huh. So he didn't take any credit. He just gave hater the whole all oh, wow. the credit for it. Crazy. That's <laughs> a lot of lot of drafts. Oh yeah. Um and it's just I mean it's it's an interesting property. I mean it, it, I'm I'm so intrigued now that the rights are back to Marvel to kind of see where it's going in the future and like what what they're going to do with it. Yeah, and how they're going to fold it in. I I think I think they've already laid the groundwork for it. Oh yeah. And I think there's a number of ways they can do it. Yeah, and, and I'm sure they already had a plan in mind. Oh yeah, a hundred percent. I mean, I don't. I don't think Marvel these days does anything f- seat of the pants. You know, they have a they have a good plan and they know how they're doing all this stuff. Yeah, and I think they're gonna introduce it. You know, in, in the best way possible. And I think and I think you know what's good gonna be good about that is that now people have accepted superhero movies. That they can kind of go full in on the X Men, you know. They, yeah. they they kind of as the movies progressed, they got a little more, but they never they never would go full costumes, right. and they kind of always held back a little. So I'm excited for Marvel to kind of take the property and kind of just go with it. Now that people are like, yeah, we like comic accurate costumes, we like comic accurate storylines. They kind of can go full into it. Yeah, no, I agree, and and it'll be interesting to see a new Wolverine. Yeah, that's crazy. What they're how the, the, he's become like I can't remember the amount of movies that he played the character in, but it's crazy. He was basically in every X Men movie yeah. as Wolverine. Yeah, he's been in was it eleven movies, maybe even more than that. Hold on, so you got um the three the original. original trilogy. He was in the two solo Wolverines. Yeah, he was in First Class. He was in Days of Future Past. Yeah. He's in Apocalypse. Hold on, so that's three, six, n- uh, eight. Well, then Logan. Nine. So maybe it's just nine. So then nine, yeah. But that's crazy. That's still that's a lot. Yeah, that's still a lot. So, um, but yeah, it's gonna that's gonna be a hard one, I think, to cast because it's so iconic. I think the other ones will be fine. They can find people, but there's a lot of interesting questions. I mean, you know, what who who are they gonna use for the first X Men? You know, who are they gonna what mix are they gonna use? There's so many to choose from, and I don't know. It's just gonna be fun over the next you know couple of years to see where they go with it. 
Yeah, yeah, and I don't think it'll be anytime soon. No, they're definitely going to take their time. I, I think it'll be something that they'll kind of tease in movies, and, you know, it'll be another three, four years before we get anything, a full X-Men movie. Oh, yeah, I would say long. I would say, yeah, probably at least three, four years. Yeah, easy. So, um, we ready to rate this? Or do you have anything else? Mm, yeah, we can rate it. I don't have anything else. Okay. <laughs> I, was th- I was thinking about it for a second there. I'm like, mm. Yeah, you sounded like I thought for sure you had something else. Mm, no, okay. no, okay. All right, I'll go first. Okay. Um, I enjoy this movie a lot. I like it. You hadn't uh, watched it in a while, right? No, I hadn't watched it in a while. Um, I, you know, I'm trying to think. <laughs> I watched it obviously when we, when we saw it in the theater, and I watched it a couple because I have, I have like X Men and X Men One Point Five, <laughs> which is like the weird extended cut that has like more Rogue in it. Yeah, I don't think I have One Point Five, but I do have it on DVD and I have it on Blu-ray too. Yeah, and um, I didn't watch One Point Five for the, <laughs> for this. Okay, I watched. I just watched it on. I don't know. Where, I don't know where I watched it, but I watched it. Oh, I I rented it from. Uh, I didn't even. I, I don't have a Blu-ray player right now, right. or a DVD player. So I just like watched it on Vudu or something. Okay. And uh, it was the original theatrical cut. And um, and yeah, this is the first time I had seen it since since I got the DVDs. Yeah. So it's been a while. I mean, I got the DVDs came out in what two thousand one, probably. Yeah, probably. Yeah. So it's been a long time since I'd seen it. Yeah. And um, and a lot of it holds up really well. Yeah. Some of it, you know, doesn't hold up as well. Yeah. Um, but overall, I'd say the movie's really good. I enjoy it. Um, I'm going to put it at like a, I'm going to say three and a half. Okay. Okay. So 3.5 for me. Okay. Um, yeah. And you know, I, I, I've seen this movie probably a lot more. Uh, it, it's on TV all the time. Um, and I visit it, you know, revisit it, uh, quite a bit, you know, over the years. Um, it, for the most part, I, I still feel like it really holds up. I mean, I, I still think it's easily in the top five x-men movies that they made um you know it's not the best one there's, there's better ones but not not a ton better i'd say maybe two for sure better than this maybe arguably three but i mean it's still it's probably the third or second best x-men movie out of all the ones they made i'm trying to think i mean the second one's better yeah and logan, logan and i don't know first class is good but it's no, not i i like days of future pass a lot oh, and okay. i would say i would put this against days of future pass and i'd probably have a hard time deciding which one is three all right fair enough but anyways i think it still holds up i think you can tell by watching it that they weren't ready to push their chips in all the way you know the black leather matching costumes and just just a few things you know but for the most part a lot of the graphics and, and stuff like that they did a pretty good job with the characters no one everyone acts pretty close to their comic book counterparts um and it's a fun watch it's not super long uh ian mckellen and patrick stewart are both great and everyone does a great job for it being such a kind of a you know comic book plot but everyone you know no one's overacting and hugh jackman just like He's so good in this, and he just keeps getting better in all of it. And, like, X2 is so great. I can't wait till we cover that. That one is amazing. So, uh, you know what? I, I, I'm I'm honestly right there with you. I'm going to give this three and a half machine guns as well. I like it. It holds up. I like it. Yeah. Uh, all right. Do the business. Uh, yeah. Well, you know, we're part of the GameZilla Media Network. Uh, we come to you every Monday. Uh, you can check us out then. Uh, also, you can check us out on all our social media channels, uh, Facebook, 
Twitter, Instagram. We have updates. Uh, let us know if there's something you want to cover. But other shows, uh, you know, you got the flagship GameZilla show, which is live on Mondays on, what is it again? Mixer. We are now on, although at this point we've been, we've been on Mixer for quite a while. Yeah. Um, so it's, it's you can watch it live on Mixer on Mondays, and then it comes out as a podcast on Tuesdays. Yep. Uh, Wednesdays you have Noobs, Noobs and, and Dragons, Dragons with where- me and Sphinx and Matrick and Craig, and we're playing Noobs and playing Dungeons and Dragons. Yeah. And I'm working my butt off to make sure Sphinx doesn't accidentally kill us all. <laughs> And Craig is working really hard to try and kill us all. Yeah. And it's great. It's a lot of fun. Uh, then on Thursdays, we have our uh, retro video game podcast, The Legend of Retro. Yes, which you were recently a part of. That is true. Yep. And, it, you know, it's a, it's a great show. Uh, free it, Everyone, I feel like everyone from that show almost has been on ours. We've done a crossover episode. Yeah, actually. Um, Just about, right? No, everyone has. Frequent guest chops. Yep. Because even Glitch has been on our show now. Yeah. So, uh, and then uh, Sundays you have Noiseland Arcade, the Simpsons podcast. Yep. Which we've had Arcade Phantom Sean on our show. Right. And obviously... And obviously correct. Correct. Yeah. Uh, And then, you know, like we we mentioned at the top of the show, check us out on Patreon. Uh, You know, there's a lot of extra content. And if you make that that $5, uh, you know, a month pledge, you're going to get a lot of bonus content, not just from us. You'll get the post credit scene, our extra, you know, show every month, which, mm-hmm. which as we discussed, we go into deeper into topics, not just individual movies. But you're going to get bonus content from all the shows. And it's just, you know, you're, you're going to get extra stuff in it. I think it's a, you know, a lot of stuff that you pledge to, you're getting like one extra episode. This one you pledge, you're getting a bunch of extra stuff. Yeah, you get you get our entire catalog at that point. Right. So, I mean, it, it's a great value, you know, because there's a lot of stuff and a lot of different things if you're interested in that I, I think it's really worth it. Yep, I agree. So, yeah. Anything else? No, I think we're pretty good. I'm all right. Yeah, me too. I'm glad we watched this movie. Yeah, me too. I'm glad I got to revisit it because it's it's one of those ones that I wanted to and never had and just really never sat down to do it. Yeah, and I'm super excited because now it paves the way for us to do X2, which is what you really ultimately wanted to do. Yeah, I mean, yeah, because that's the best one. But well, you know, sure. but you know, we're gonna have a great time where we do Blade Two and X Two, and now we just got to get into the Raimi Spider Man. Yeah, Blade Blade Two is good. Yeah, I really like Blade yeah, Two. We'll have to do that soon. Yeah, some, oh. we need some gear. We haven't done any Guillermo del Toro. <laughs> Not that he does a lot of action movies, but... Yeah, well, still. Yeah. All right, well, anyway, this episode of The Last Action Podcast has been terminated, but... We'll be back. <laughs>